Hello, my name is Matthew Philbrick, host of The Real Game, a podcast by coaches for coaches. Welcome to this episode of The Real Game. Today, I'm coming to you from beautiful Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where at some point I hope to get out on the beach. And it's actually not too beautiful today. It's raining and pretty miserable, but we'll see what tomorrow brings. I want to talk today about something that I'm confident every coach at every level in the country, or probably even in the world, will be faced with, not just once in a while, but regularly as time goes on. I was thinking the other day as I was traveling around a little bit, I used to love to watch sports on TV. I remember growing up as a kid, um, used to watch a lot of NBA basketball just because basketball was my thing. The younger generation really won't understand this probably because you weren't really around to see the differences that much. But when I think back to how uh, the NBA specifically, I'll pick on them for now. We could probably talk about any professional sport, honestly, at this point. But the NBA used to be um, how the NBA used to be when I was a kid. You know, and I'm talking about the era of like Larry Bird and, and Dr. J, Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan, David Robinson, these guys. And compare it to now, I'll call today's era the LeBron era. And the differences to me are stark. Like we could probably go on and on about about the differences between the era then and the era that we're in now, this generation. And the older generation of NBA basketball player was characterized by hard work, uh, practice, gritty in the trenches kind of players. And today's generation of basketball players and just athlete in general, probably is characterized by more of a soft to me. Anyways, again, this is all just my opinion. All right. Uh, but a soft kind of whiny, spoiled, opinionated players, otherwise known as entitled athletes. You might disagree with me. If you do, that's fine. You're welcome to your opinion. And it might not be a popular opinion. But I think if if I talk to 25 other guys that are girls that grew up when I did and watched that time of sports in that era, that most of them would probably agree with me that they see those differences. Today, I want to peel back the layers of that onion a little bit and talk about entitlement in athletes and specifically young athletes like high school and below, because I think that's where it all starts. And let me add that I know not I know not all athletes are entitled. Like right now, I'm coaching a great group of guys. None of them, none of them I feel come and bring any of this type of attitude to our game or to our team. Uh, so it's not it's not everybody. So I just want to add that disclaimer there. Okay. It's not everybody. So the comments that we make on here today aren't inclusive of every single athlete in the world, just to be clear. Coaches, I feel like, have a, a unique opportunity to be part of, of the solution here and not be continuing to add to this problem, regardless of what kids may be learning in other areas of their lives, whether it's at home or the internet or at school, social media, whatever. Coaches have the opportunity to break that cycle and teach young athletes that they have to earn everything that they get and nothing is going to be handed to them on a silver platter. 
They don't get special privilege because of who they are or who their parents are or whatever. All right. It's all about hard work and it's all about teaching them that work pays off. Hard work pays off. Practice pays off. I got on the internet, which is a great tool if used correctly. And I looked up the meaning to the word entitlement from dictionary.com. And this is what it says. The belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. And I kid you not, this is, I couldn't believe it. You can actually go on Google and type in entitlement syndrome. And a definition from WebMD is the first result that pops up. And this is what it says. The entitlement mentality is defined as a sense of deservingness or being owed a favor when little or nothing has been done to deserve special treatment. It's the you owe me attitude is exactly what it says. So apparently the apparently entitlement syndrome is a real thing. So as I was beginning to pull my thoughts together for this episode, again, I went online, I did a little bit of research and I just, I just typed in uh, entitled athletes and a couple articles came up. The first two that came up, number one, how to crush a culture of entitlement by Jeff Jansen of Jansen Sports Leadership Center. Jeff provides a ton of resources for coaches, players, athletic directors, et cetera. I went on his website. I checked it out. It's legit. Uh, if you want to check it out, I think there's, there's a lot of things that you'd find valuable there uh, as a coach or an AD, even as a parent, maybe of an athlete. So Jeff, Jeff does a great job there. The second article that popped up was five ways to prevent entitlement in youth sport. And I thought, wow, that's, that's really good. I, I need to check that one out as well. And I have the author of that article with me today, Kevin. Kevin, can you pronounce your last name for us? Because I certainly don't want to slaughter it and do you an injustice. Sure, Matt. It's Brilski. Brilski. All right. Yeah. Kevin Brilski. Kevin is the leadership director for the Wisconsin Juniors Volleyball Club, which is a member of the Junior Volleyball Association. I reached out to Jeff and Kevin both. They were both fine with me referring to these articles in my podcast. And Kevin was um, kind enough to join us here today. So I'm going to be including him in this discussion. Kevin, thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate it. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey, whether it's as a coach or um, in, in kind of uh, what your involvement in sports has been and, and how it brought you to where you're at now. Yeah. Well, first, Matt, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I spent 20 years in the military. I retired as a master chief in 2010 and did a little short stint in the corporate world. And and uh, I just really missed the the opportunity to have a positive effect on athletes' lives on a daily basis. Um, at that point, my daughter was about 14, and we were looking for some volleyball clubs. She wanted to start playing volleyball. And consequently, uh, Jim Neve, the, uh, the owner and creator of um, juniors volleyball clubs about two and a half decades ago called me back and and I've been involved in his organization um, going on seven years now uh, in in even though my daughter's moved on to play college ball I'm still one of the one of the directors for the club uh, specifically um, for the topic of this conversation the leadership director and and we really um, you know when I when I got into uh, involved with juniors volleyball. Um, and met with Jim, you know, I knew that that we could create a culture um, and an experience for young athletes. I don't want to say the right way because I would assume they were doing it the wrong way, but a better way. Um, this is part of that. 
That's fantastic. So, Kevin, it sounds like you're doing great work. It's uh, it's an honor to meet you, and it's an honor to have you on here today. I really appreciate that. So what we're going to do here is we're going to uh, work through Jeff's article a little bit, and then we're going to end with yours because I'm really interested in the five steps that you outline here. I think it can be some valuable information for coaches. So I'm just going to read some some uh, portions of Jeff's article first. His is, the title of his is How to Crush a Culture of Entitlement. So he says, do you have some athletes who feel a sense of entitlement on your team? Do you have athletes who think they deserve things they really haven't earned? Entitled athletes come to expect special treatment, privileges, and nice things should just be given to them instead of investing the hard work necessary to earn them. These are athletes who think it's all about them, feel you owe them something, and that you're lucky enough to have them on the team and should be treated as such. So I can honestly say in my years of coaching, I've only had a handful of entitled kids on my teams. If you haven't yet, anybody that's listening to this, if you're a coach, whether you're just starting out or you've coached for a long time, uh, you will. It's, there's no doubt in my mind, you will. Whether it's one or two or a dozen, maybe depends on where you coach or what age groups you're coaching. One kid in particular stands out in my mind to me. Now, I, everyone that knows me is going to be like, hey, Matt, who was that? Who were you talking about? That's besides the point. I'm not going to name any names for obvious reasons. But this kid straight up told me, coach, you need me to win. Uh, I proved him otherwise, and I proved his parents otherwise who were part of the problem. But I give that example just to say there are actually kids out there that think that you as coaches need them to win. And and that because of that, they deserve special treatment or they can act however they want and still get playing time. And that as coaches, that just can't be the case. When athletes now, uh, Kevin, I'm going to have you weigh in on, on part of this statement here. But he says, Jeff says, when athletes feel entitled to privileges and perks they haven't worked hard for or earned in any meaningful way, your team is quickly headed for a fall and you are setting them up to fail in the game of life. So. I like the point that he makes here. Coaches coach for all different kinds of reasons. All right. We like to win. We like to teach. We like to make connections, all kinds of things. But for me, one big thing is that it gives me an opportunity as a coach to invest in the lives of kids in a way that prepares them for the future, whether it's to be better kids, better athletes, future husbands and wives, productive dads and moms. So Kevin, if we aren't taking advantage of those opportunities as coaches to teach life lessons, do you think we're failing as coaches? Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. You know, in the, in the bigger context of life, um, you know, no matter what age young athletes start a particular sport, really we, as coaches, we should remember um, that they may be good enough. They may be the 6% or 5% that goes on to the next level and plays at some point. Um, life is going to be to them uh, more important than the sport. If we don't take advantage of the opportunity we have to instill uh, the skill sets that are going to take them through life in a better manner um, and help them face the adversity in the right way, um, and earn, you know, we use, we use a, uh, a saying at juniors earn is greater than deserve. Mm. Uh, we, we, we truly don't believe that you deserve anything when you walk into the door. So yeah, th this is, it should be 
Um, you know, you should coach on a macro scale. If, if, if I could say, um, you know, not on a micro scale, this, we're not talking about play after play. It has to be a, my, a macro view of what our purpose is on the sideline of whichever sport we're involved with. Yeah, absolutely. Those, those are great comments. I agree with you a hundred percent. And we're truly, I feel like missing out on an opportunity if all we do is focus on the here and now. So that's great. So let's, Let's look through a few of Jeff's points here. Number one, don't reward mere participation. We definitely live in the age of participation. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with handing out a certificate at the end of the season and saying, hey, uh, whatever your name happens to be, Johnny or Susie, here's a certificate that says you played on this team and good job. And I, I'm, not a, I'm not opposed to that, but he says, if we want to crush a culture of entitlement, we have to stop rewarding and celebrating mere participation. Showing up is the bare minimum and should be expected, not rewarded. So we need to stop rewarding what's expected. As coaches, we should expect certain things like, uh, and there's, uh, there's, there's a lot, but show up on time. Bring good, hard work ethic to every practice and game. Follow team rules. Respect your teammates. Be unselfish. You know, all, all those things, whatever, whatever guidelines you have set up as a coach, things that are expected should not necessarily be rewarded. But we live in a culture today, definitely, that, hey, if you show up, you're going to get a trophy. And life just isn't like that. You know, I don't, get a, I don't get a pat on the back every time I show up to work. So his next point, don't hand people things they haven't earned. And this kind of goes, uh, plays in with the statement you just made uh, a couple minutes ago, Kevin. Don't hand people things they haven't earned. One thing I tell my team at tryouts every year is that you have to earn a spot on this team, even if you were on the team last year. Just because you were on it last year doesn't mean it will be handed to you this year. Now, we have a better chance. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's that that's that could be part of the reward for the hard work they put in last season is a better opportunity to make the team the following season, but you still have to work for it. You can't walk into the gym with your nose up in the air and say, hey, I was on this team last year. I'm a shoe in for this year because that's just not the way it works. And in youth sport, there's a lot of pressure for parents and their kids to make the team, you know, and, and from, from their parents' perspective about playing time and stuff like that. Absolutely not. You're the coach. You set the standard for who makes the team and who gets playing time. Don't hand out spots on your team or playing time based on, you know, uh, anything other than what you deem important, whether it's par parent pressure or anything like that, only based on what you deem is important. The next point he makes, don't coddle your athletes. <laughs> I love this term. Don't coddle your athletes because we definitely live in a society where we're caught, people are coddled and they're made to feel good. Um, oh, you know, you did, you said something that made me feel bad about myself or whatever. Uh, Jeff says, unfortunately, there seems to be more and more coddling going on than coaching coddling athletes means giving into their selfish and short-sighted wants and whims rather than setting a sensible standard and holding them accountable to it. Coddling ultimate, ultimately produces soft, lazy, moody, fragile, excuse-making, entitled athletes because people fail to challenge and, con and confront them. And again, I think that goes back to life lessons. Like when you're an adult, when you get out into the real world, it's likely you're not going to be playing sports anymore. You're going to have to grow up and get a real job and you're not going to be coddled. You're going to be, you're going to have expectations placed over you 
You're going to have to meet up to those expectations and nobody's going to coax you through that part of your life. So I love what he says there. The next, the next thing, don't allow excuses or double standards. Kevin, you probably hear this all the time on the volleyball court. Um, it shouldn't matter if you're a superstar athlete or you're the last sub off the bench. If they miss your team's standards or break your team's rules, don't let them get away with it by offering excuses. So, Kevin, do you ever hear excuses from athletes, maybe even your own kids? Because I certainly did. Yeah, for sure. I, I And again, you you, you brought up the, um, you know, society in general, you know, and, you know, we, if, if we just peel back the onion a little bit, we can talk about the schools and having the ability to retake tests that you didn't that you didn't do so well on. So there's a lot of coddling there and there's a lot of excuses at the end of the day. I mean, even in adults, we could be honest with that, Matt, you know, humanity is, is sometimes, you know, they would rather have an excuse than a solution. Um, but, but I think that it's, you know, it, it's more rampant, as you mentioned earlier um, in, in today's sports and, and quite frankly, society than it's ever been. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and I think, that provides coaches with an even greater challenge and greater responsibility. Um, the last point he makes here in his article is, and then we're going to get on to yours is don't allow ungratefulness. A final way to combat entitlement is make sure your athletes regularly recognize and sincerely appreciate all the people who contribute to your program. And Kevin, you know, this probably more than anybody, if you're going to run a program, a successful one, it takes a lot of people. It takes a lot of help and it's important, I think, for your athletes to understand this doesn't happen on its own. Like, they're not the reason this is happening, all right? Uh, it's important for them to take time to appreciate their coaches, scorekeepers, book people, janitors, concessions people, boosters, whoever, anybody that's involved. Make sure they know that everyone is a part of the process that lends to their success. Such a great point. All right, Kevin, in your article, five ways to prevent entitlement youth in sports. Uh, it says entitlement is unfortunately becoming more prevalent in youth sports today, and we have no one to blame but ourselves. What exactly is entitlement? Easily put, it's the feeling of having the right to something. In the world of sports, it is often used in the context of athletes feeling as if they deserve certain consideration, regardless of preparation or effort. And then you have some examples listed here. And uh, we've, we've kind of waded through some of those things, but I'd like to go through those five things with you lastly today. I think they're great. I think you've done a good job at summarizing how to prevent this in youth sports. The first thing you list, Kevin, is honesty. Be honest with athletes as well as parents. How important is this, Kevin? Well, it's ultimately important. Um, you know, I, I, I feel that, uh, and, and through experience, um, you know, coaches will get their kid, their athletes, you know, six to eight hours a, a week for practice, um, you know, tournaments on weekends here and there. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, everybody has to be honest with their athletes. And that that too, it hits home. That's got to be mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, you know, uh, Uncle Bernie and Aunt Susie. Everybody has to be honest and, 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 and really set realistic expectations. You know, you talk about setting goals um, and we're all familiar with the acronym SMART goals, um, you know, and, and not every athlete's going to end up, you know, at the D1 level. You, you have to be honest and, and you got to be honest. Um, and sometimes it stings. It's, it stings us when people are honest with us as adults. But uh, that's that's the first step. 
Yeah. You, and you, at the end of that, you said they need truth. Uh, they need reality. And I, I agree a hundred percent with that. I would take it a step further. And I think you said, you used the word expectations as a coach. I know that one thing that is so important to me is setting expectations early on with the athletes and the parents like, Hey, here's, here's what your role is going to be. Here's what you can expect throughout the season. Here's what I expect of you as a player and how you fit in. Um, so setting expectations and being honest about their abilities and what their production is on the team is, is super important. And it, it just, it helps avoid, I think, uh, bitterness and an anger maybe later on in the athletes if they don't think things are going their way. Uh, discipline is the next point, Kevin reprimand in private. Nobody wants to be embarrassed in front of teammates or friends schedule a meeting with family to address behavioral signs of entitlement. I agree with this hundred percent. And I, I will say I haven't always, I don't always control myself to a point where I don't speak out in front of other athletes or during a game and make perhaps make an athlete feel small or, you know, like he's a failure. And that's on me as a coach. Like there have been times when I've had to go back to to athletes and say, Hey, I shouldn't have dealt with this in public the way that I did. How is it important? How important is it, Kevin, to do this stuff in private in a setting where, you know, it's controlled and the, the athlete isn't going to feel embarrassed in front of his peers. Yeah, Matt. And, and I think maybe in, in a context that you're speaking of, that's the heat of the moment coaching opportunity that, that may have, you know, just got off track a little bit. Everybody, you know, um, you know, we, we, I, I tell our coaches, um, you know, don't uh, you can coach with emotion. Just don't be emotional. Um, there's a big difference there. Uh, you know, l- listen, it, and we practice it in in any world, uh, in the corporate world, any job. Um, we I, I fulfill a position inside of our club and we've got 1200 athletes in our club. That's a it's a it's a monstrous task. Um, the, the position is called uh, parent coach liaison. And when there are, are discipline issues that arise, be it a coach, a player, a parent, um, I mediate that and we always find the right solution at the end of the day. Um, you know, that's what we expect. Uh, nobody wants to be embarrassed in front of their peers. We don't, and they don't. Um, and, th- and, and, and this is an experience for them, a once in a lifetime experience that we, we have an opportunity per- to provide the best experience. So we don't, we definitely don't want them to feel embarrassed or, you know, uh, shunned because if, if the coach starts to do it, that'll that'll catch fire and then the players start to do it to each other yeah i know that's a great point and so much of that trickles down from the coach to the players that attitude whatever the attitude the coach puts off is going to be contagious to the players and that's a great point uh your next point is consistency i love this treat everyone fairly with the same expectations the most gifted athlete should not be coddled or pampered it is an even playing field for every athlete and they should all be held to the same standards. I couldn't agree with this more, Kevin. There are times when I think as coaches, we might be tempted to give a pass to, you know, the great athlete or the starter or the thousand point scorer or whatever, and maybe be harder on the kid that sits the bench or the kid that, you know, is given all he's got, but he's just, it doesn't seem like quite enough Or how important is it for us to just be consistent with everybody? Yeah. You know, it's just fair play. That's what, that's what we encourage. Um, You know, we want the great athletes and we also want the the ones that are going to fill those roles of, of, um, 
you know, that have the grit. Everybody, everybody should have it. Some, some things are going to come easier for the better, better tuned athletes. At the, at the end of the day, um, if it's not fair from the coach, it's not going to be fair on the field or on the court. Um, so that, that, that's really, you know, we, again, if we talk about things at a macro level, when you get to a job, there's going to be overachievers. There's going to be prime performers. Um, they need, they're, they're treated fairly as well. I mean, in, you know, they, in the, uh, in the sales business, if you, if you hit your number this year, you better, you better be ready for a bigger number next year. Um, it, it, you know, and, and I, and I've said to a lot of athletes, if you're the best athlete in the gym, you're in the wrong gym. Um, so if you expect any, any, you know, special treatment in our gym, you're just not going to get it because, um, everybody's important. Everybody's important. That's why it's called team sports. So yeah, consistency across the board should be, uh, one of the expectations. Awesome. Uh, inspiration inspired is the antithesis of entitled want to motivate athletes to excel and reach the next level, inspire them to do so. Inspired athletes show no sign of entitlement. Just off the top of your head, Kevin, what are some ways that we as coaches can inspire our athletes to to be better, to do better, to reach their potential? Lead by example. Lead by example, show up every day. Um, there's a lot of coaches that I see that talk about effort. Give me 100%. Um, you know, do everything I ask you to do. However, the coach sometimes falls back, you know, um, if, if set higher goals, set higher standards, there's a way to inspire everybody. And, and sometimes, you know, there's going to be a difference of, you know, inspiration to that top level athlete. Um, you know, if, if they're at an eight, you want to get them to a 10, there's a different level of inspiration that needs to come to get them to the 10. If somebody is at a four and you need to get them at a six, we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, over, over challenge them. We, we want to challenge them accordingly so they can hit their goals and inspire them to be, I don't want to sound cliche here, but the best version of themselves. That's really what we're looking for because not, not everybody is going to, um, uh, you know, be at the same athletic level, but you can control the c controllables when the minute you walk into that gym and we should, we should be inspiring athletes at every level to do that. Yeah. Those are, that's, those are great thoughts and great comments. I love, I love how you, you know, you refer to co us coaches setting the standard, us coaches being the example. Um, they're always, they're looking at us from little kids all the way up through high school, college, whatever. They're looking to their coaches to set that standard and, and to draw that inspiration from them. So great point. The last thing on here is set a standard. Coaches, mentors, teachers have the undivided attention of a team more than anyone else in athletes' lives. So take advantage of that. I think that's so important, Kevin. Like, I feel like as coaches, we can't, we cannot control so much. We can't control their parents. We can't control their home life. We can't control a lot of their lives, but we ought to be able to control what we can control when they're in our sphere, when they're in our world, doing what we can do to break this cycle of entitlement and setting a high standard and giving them the best chance to do that. And you go on to say, uh, athletes, excuse me, athletes will one day have the enormous responsibility of being productive members of their own society it's going to be more difficult than most think. Sports is a great way for us to prepare 
young athletes for life. The lessons inside of, comp- of competition are irreplaceable. Create a winning culture of unentitlement on your team. Firmly encourage parents to buy in and work together to develop youth athletes who are inspired and unentitled. And I love the word you use here, buy in. Getting parents and athletes to buy in to your system, to buy in to you as a coach. And I'm, I'll let you confirm this, but I, I have discovered that as a coach, if I can get them to buy into what I'm doing, they'll do anything for you. And uh, they will work hard for you. They'll show up every day for you. They'll, they'll put it all on the line for you when, when they need to. And has that been your experience as well, Kevin? Absolutely, Matt. And, and, you know, when we talk, when we, you know, I, I, I made mention of everybody involved in that experience for the, for the athlete today, coaches, mentors, teachers, you know, parents, we have to all have the buy-in it, it, you know, a couple of years ago, we, we, we had, um, you know, the, the tragic loss of Kobe Bryant. We, we got all of our gym together and I felt it important to talk to the athletes about one word that brings us into that gym every time we come there. And it has to, it has to be the resounding motivating factor that drives us, drives our culture, whether it's success, challenges, adversity, and it's simply the word love. Um, I tell the coaches all the time, I tell everybody that, you know, that, that we, when we get in that gym, we have to love what we do. Um, coaching is, 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 is really the, um, one of the things that we have in our lives that, that when you look back, you leave a legacy. Um, and when you leave that legacy, you want it to be the best one you possibly could, could possibly create. Um, and, you know, we talk about the experience, um, it's just important to get that buy-in from everybody. And, and we, we often, you know, talk about the investment that the parents also make. It's an investment time monetarily. Um, so we support all of that. And it, it really, once you put it all in the ingredient to develop your culture, it really works well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, I think the information that, you shared in your article is, is invaluable. It's a, it's a great uh, step in the right direction for coaches to nip this thing in the bud before it becomes an issue. And um, I appreciate what you're doing, Kevin. I appreciate having you on the show on this episode, keep up the good work and uh, thank you for, for investing in the lives of athletes. And thank you for what you're doing out there in the world of sports. Matt, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, I look forward to uh, following you from here on out. And, uh, and, and thanks for considering me for your show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Real Game. I'd like to leave you today with a quote by Samuel James Ewing, who was a professional baseball player for the Chicago White Sox and the Toronto Blue Jays. And the quote is this, Hard work spotlights the character of people. Some turn up their sleeves, some turn up their noses, and some don't turn up at all. So good luck, coaches, and coach on.